And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. These are unprecedented times when our government says, hey, nobody can meet. You can't have more than 10 people meeting. So obviously, we can't meet this morning as a congregation, and that makes me very sad. But I'm so happy that we can come to you right now online. And you know, the truth is this, the, the church is not a building. We've got a building here at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road, but real church is not a building. The, the Greek word for church is ekklesia, and, or some say ecclesia. But what it means, it means those that are called out of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's dear Son by virtue of putting their faith in the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the church is organic. We are a body. Let me say this, and just before, and I've got a, got a very important word I want to share with you this morning, but just before we do that, in about three weeks is going to be Easter Sunday morning on uh, April the 12th. And uh, we don't know if we're going to be allowed to have services that morning on campus or not. But whether we have services here or whether you're watching at home on some device, let me encourage you to, to start praying today about who you can invite to be with us on Easter Sunday morning. Do you know statistics say that 80% of the people that you invite to an Easter service will attend? So again, whether we're having service here in a big plenary celebration type service on campus or whether we're doing it on Facebook Live and over YouTube and other platforms, I want you to pray right now and say, Holy Spirit, would you show me who I can invite? Who is going to be good soil to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and they can come on Easter Sunday morning and be with me. And it may mean that you're going to invite up to two or three people into your home that morning. And let me encourage you, if you do that, hey, just say we're going to have a barbecue later. And you can just throw some, some meat on the barbecue and some vegetables and just have a great time. I want to talk to you today on the subject of fear, faith, COVID-19, and the coronavirus it was about a week and a half ago that the World Health Organization came out and they declared that COVID-19 was a pandemic. Now, I confess to you, I knew what an epidemic was, but I wasn't sure I knew what a pandemic was. And so I, I did some research and I found out that pandemic comes from two Greek words. It comes from pan, which means all, and then demos, which means the world. In other words, this coronavirus is, 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 a, is, is a germ that has the potential of infecting everybody. Now, let me give you this definition of a pandemic. It says a pandemic is an epidemic of an infectious disease that spreads through populations across a large region, for instance, a continent or even worldwide. It's a threat to the health and lives of a significant percentage of the world's Population. Now note that last sentence, it says it's a threat to the health and lives of a significant percentage of the world's population. Now the key word here is threat. I hope no one has ever made a threat on your life. Unfortunately, I've had several people make threats on my life over the years. And you know, sometimes when people make threats, they're empty. There's, there's, there's no substance to the threat. And yet, and yet other times when people make threats, it's very dangerous. And a threat can hang over your head, and it can create a sense of foreboding. It can create a sense of fear and panic. And a threat can affect us 
And fear affects us spiritually, psychologically, and physically. In fact, there is something called a fear factor. And when the fear factor is unchecked in our lives, it leads to a flight or fight syndrome. Now, stay with me. I'm going someplace with this. See, God cares about us. God cares about the fears that we face in life. In fact, when we look at the Bible, we find a number of scriptures that talk about fears that people had to face. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8, Moses is addressing the, the officers. He says, this is what I want you to say to the soldiers before they go in to take the promised land. It says, then the officers will also say, this is Deuteronomy 20, verse 8, the officers will also say, is anyone here afraid or worried? If you are, you may go home before you frighten anyone else. Did you catch that? If you're afraid, if you're frightened, I want you to go home before you infect anybody else with your fear. You know, it's amazing that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And Jesus said, be careful what you hear, but do you know that, 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 that fear also comes by hearing? Fear comes by hearing people speak words of fear. In fact, Caleb talked about this in Joshua 14, verses 7 and 8. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. Why did they make the hearts of the people melt in fear? It's because they were speaking words of fear and failure and disaster. First Samuel chapter 13 verses 6 and 7. We find King Saul and his troops were cowering in fear. It says, when the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard pressed, they hid in caves and a thickets and among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. A cistern is a well. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. Dear ones, there are some people that with the threat of this coronavirus, with the threat of COVID-19, they are literally quaking with fear. Here's what Jesus said about fear in the last days in Luke chapter 21. Jesus said, in the last days, men's hearts will fail them from fear. That's terrible. He says, in the last days, some men are literally going to have heart attacks and have strokes and have cardiovascular problems because their hearts are failing them for fear. Finally, John, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, says, there's no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. The Message Bible puts it this way. It says fear involves literally a crippling experience. And dear ones, while fear can torment you and fear can cripple you, you know, fear is common to everybody. Anyone who says nothing scares me, let me tell you something about that person. They're not telling the truth. Because it's not a matter of whether or not you experience fear in your life. It's whether or not you allow fear to have a platform in your life. That's why God's Word says repeatedly, do not fear, be not afraid. Now let me ask you a question, okay? Wherever you are watching this program, either by your phone or by your iPad or on your computer or however you're watching it today, 
I want you to answer this question. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, how do you think we're to respond to things that make us afraid? Think about that for a minute. How are we as believers in Christ to respond to things that make us afraid? I can just hear you, somebody saying, well, we need to exercise faith. And I say a hearty amen. Yes, we need to exercise faith. Somebody saying, well, we, we, we need to trust God. And that's true. We need to trust God. Somebody else might be, be saying, well, Tara, what we really need to do is exercise courage. And I agree. Yes, we need to exercise courage. But I have found in my own life that when fear comes in, it's important that I do a couple of things. Number one, that I go forward even though I'm afraid and I don't let fear stop me. But number two, that I also develop a resilient bounce back faith. You see, resiliency simply means that you bend, but you don't break. Spiritual resilience is having something or better yet, someone inside you that pushes back when the, when the circumstances of life try to oppress you, there's something inside you that says, no, you're not going to push me back. I am going to have some resilience, some bounce back in me. In fact, Craig, we've got a basketball this morning, and Craig's going to bring it to me. Here's a basketball, perfectly round. It's because it's, it's filled with compressed air, okay? And because it's got compressed air, I can bounce it. And dear ones, what happens when I bounce this basketball, there's a part of it that goes flat, but it only stays flat for a few seconds. And because it's filled with this compressed air, it bounces right back. And dear ones, I want you to know that God has made you to have some bounce back in you, not because you literally are a person that bounces back, but because the Lord Jesus Christ lives inside you and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And though the world may press in on us, well, Believe it or not, when I just bounced this ball, there's a side of the ball that was pressed in, but it didn't stay pressed in because the compressed air inside it says, no, we're going to bounce back from this. We may bend, but we're not going to break. And the Apostle Paul wanted Timothy. Here, I'm going to bounce this to you, Craig. Thank you. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. He says, Timothy, you need to have some resilient bounce back faith inside you. You know, Timothy was struggling. Paul knew he was struggling with fear. You know, maybe he was struggling because of the pressures of ministry. If you've ever been a leader, if you've ever led an organization, be it a business or an educational endeavor or a political endeavor or even the church, you know that people can be demanding, that people can put stress on you, that people can make life difficult. Maybe Timothy was fearful because he was being persecuted in the society, in the culture in Ephesus where he lived. And maybe he was just insecure about his own life. But whatever, his, his insecurities, his fears were pressing in on Timothy. And so Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he says, Therefore I remind you, Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's look at that again. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You know, if we were all together in the house of the Lord this morning, I would love to take the opportunity to lay hands on you and say, my brother, my sister, be filled from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, obviously, I can't do that. But just where you are right now, I'm going to ask you to put your hands on your head. That's right. In your living room, in your bedroom, in your car, wherever you're watching this, this, uh, this online service, I want you to put your hands on yourself. And right now, agree with me as I say, be filled with the Holy Spirit from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Now, let me share with you this morning three takeaways. These things, you may want to write these down. There are three lessons that will help you. Lesson number one, there's a battle around us. There's a battle around you. See, every morning when you wake up, there's a world of problems just waiting to pounce on you. Every morning when you wake up, there are cares and there are worries and there are concerns that want to dictate what you think about. Not only that, but there are voices of fear that will scream at you. You say, Pastor, what do we do about these things? Well, let me suggest that we can all go to Psalms chapter 1, which says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God, and in that law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. See, I believe that it's God's will that we're not standing in the path of sinners or sitting in the seat of the scornful, but we are like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that we're meditating in God's word every day. You see, there's a currency in heaven, and it's the currency of faith. Think about this with me. In Mexico, I realize the borders are closed now, but if you and I went south of the border, went down to Mexico, the currency they would use would be the peso. If we went over to, to England, if we went over to Great Britain, I realize the, the borders are closed right now, but if we did, the currency would be the pound sterling. When you and I go to the store here in the United States, the currency they want is the U.S. dollar. Well, heaven has a currency too, and it's called the currency of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And as we're going through these days of having to face the threat of the, the coronavirus and the COVID-19, all that's involved in that, as we're hearing every day about, well, this many people have contracted the, the virus and this many people have died and this bad thing has happened and these restaurants have now closed and this business is now closed. And you may be wondering, how in the world am I going to make it? How am I going to be able to pay my bills? How am I going to be able to, to, to just make it in life? What you've got to know is that heaven has a currency and it's called faith. And God is looking for faith. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And you and I need to respond to these times knowing that God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in times of trouble. So number one, there's a battle around you. Number two, there's a battle within you. Sometimes the fear that destroys us doesn't come from outside us. Sometimes the fear that destroys us is on the inside of us. See, it just may have been that Timothy was facing insecurity. Maybe Timothy felt inadequate in who he was as a person. Maybe he was easily intimidated. I love this quote by Mark Twain. It's helped me many times. Listen to this quote. 
Mark Twain says, I've suffered many troubles in life. Most of them never happened. I've suffered many troubles, but most of them have never happened. See, all of us, we get pretty good at generating our own fears. And the devil wants to fight you. He'll try to create a worst case scenario and try to get lodged in your thinking. And the devil will say, nothing's going to work out. But you've got to arise and say, no, devil. My God is working on my behalf and he's supplying all of my needs and he's strengthening me and he's helping me and I'm walking in healing and I'm walking in health in Jesus' mighty name. Again, many may be the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. Now, the Apostle Paul understood this and he wrote to the church at Corinth in chapter 10, Verses 3 through 5, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not do warfare according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. You say, what's a stronghold? A stronghold is a vain imagination. A stronghold is a thought that holds you strongly. It's a system of thinking that's contrary to to the Word of God, and to the will of God. And the world, and the devil, and even your flesh will fill your thoughts, they'll fill your heart and your meditations with thoughts that are contrary to what God has said. And I'm so glad that Paul goes on in that passage and says that we can cast down every thought and every high and lofty thing that would raise itself up against the knowledge of Christ. Now think about that. You can do that. You can say, in Jesus' name, I command this thought of fear to leave me right now. I command this thought of, of, of things not working out to leave me right now. See, I remember when we turned the century and there was the big Y2K scare. I mean, everybody was predicting the computers are going to stop working and people stockpiled food and, 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 and people were scared all over the United States, perhaps over the world. But you know what? Y2K came and the computers worked when we entered the year 2000 and then 2001 and 2002. And really, there was nothing to be afraid of. I remember the aftermath of 9-11 when we saw the World Trade Centers destroyed in New York City and we saw this over 3,000 lives lost in New York City and in the Pentagon and we saw that these terrorists had terrible plans for the United States and people were afraid. But dear ones, God's not given you a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. So number one, there's a battle around us. Number two, there's a battle within us. And number three, there's a gift within you. Don't ever forget, there is a gift within you. Say this with me. There is a gift within me. Say it again. There is a gift within me. See, Timothy was battling fear. Paul picked up his pen and he wrote, he says, Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Timothy, if you want to bounce back from fear, stir up the gift of God that is within you. Remember earlier, we laid hands on ourselves and we said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have got the gift of 
of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you see, you have some resilience in you. And the Spirit of God inside you wants to fight back. It wants you to develop a a bounce back, just like you might dribble that basketball. And for a millisecond, that basketball might be deflated on one side. But immediately, because of that compressed air, it bounces back. And dear ones, I want you to know that you've got some wonderful things inside you. God himself is inside you. Colossians 1 verse 13 says it's Christ in you who is the hope of glory. And not only is God inside you, but God's word is inside you. Colossians 3 16 says let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And you just need to make that confession out loud. Make it right now with me. The word of Christ dwells inside me. Say it again. The word of Christ dwells inside me. And you know what? The word of God will never return void. It's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce even to the division of soul and spirits, and it will help deflect the fiery darts, and it'll quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Number three, I want you to know this praise and worship is inside you because if you're a child of God, if the Holy Spirit is inside you, the Holy Spirit wants to give glory to Jesus and there is praise and there's worship inside you, but you and I have to let it out. We have to get our minds off the problems and onto the problem solver. We got to get our, our minds off the nasty now and now and get our eyes on the one who is the author and the finisher of of our faith. You know, as long as Peter looked at Jesus, he never sank. But when he got his eyes on the winds and the waves and the problems, he began to sink. Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's what we've got to do today. And so God has given you a spirit of worship and praise. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Think about that. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hebrews chapter 13 says that we're to continually offer the sacrifice of praise. There are times, dear ones, that you will not feel like giving God praise. There are times that I don't feel like giving God praise, but I've learned, as Paul says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that I can look up to heaven and I can give God praise. Oh, I don't thank him for the COVID-19 or the coronavirus, but I can praise him and thank him in spite of it because he's at work to willing to do of his good pleasure in our lives. Not only are you filled with worship and praise, but you've also got a spirit of prayer inside you. You really do. Paul put it this way to the Philippians in chapter four, verse six. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, With that element of praise, with thanksgiving, you see, that will transform a discouraged prayer into a faith-filled prayer. Mm -hmm. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will encompass and surround and guard your hearts and your minds. And I speak peace to you this morning. Mm -hmm. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, I speak peace in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's a, a fifth thing 
that's available to us, and that, that there are resources that are available to you and me. And they're the resources that Paul reminded Timothy about. He says, for God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And dear ones, you can declare the power of God in the face of difficulties. You can declare the power of God and the victory of the cross in the face of discouraging news. Now, if you want to be discouraged, then spend all your time watching the news. Spend all your time looking at the news stream on your phone. Spend all your time listening to the talking heads, talking about how bad this is and how bad that is. No, no, dear ones, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power. Say that word power with me aloud. Come on, right now. Power. He's given you the spirit of power. He's filled you with his spirit. Hallelujah. See, fear will rob you of strength. It'll rob you of the ability to bounce back. But a bounce back faith says, let the weak say, I am strong. Not only has he given us the spirit of power, but of love. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of Love, you need to declare, I'm walking in love today. Say it with me, come on, out loud. There may be others with you in the room, but you go ahead and say it. Say it aloud, I am walking in love today. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's try it again. I am walking in love today. You see, God's love will help you not be selfish. God's love will help you not to be self-centered and not just to be thinking about yourself and stingies. See, God's love will help you to fight the tendency to have a pity party. All of us are prone to have a pity party at times. But no, God's love. Listen, the way the Apostle Paul put this in the, to the Romans in chapter 8, in verses 38 and 39, he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, or things present, or things to come, or height, or depth, or any other creature can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And don't you allow the bad news bears that are out there, don't you allow those who are fear mongers to steal God's love out of your heart and out of your life. Finally, remember Paul said to Timothy, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You need to declare with your own mouth, I have a sound mind. In fact, again, just put your hands on your own head. I do this in my private prayer closet. I say, Terrell, you have a sound mind given to you by God Almighty. You have a disciplined mind mind. Your mind is renewed and your mind is transformed by God's holy word. You're not carnally minded, but you are spiritually minded. For to be carnally minded is death. Romans chapter 8 verse 4, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Dear ones, here's what happened. When you have a fear mindset, it will cause you to do irrational and desperate things. If you have a fear mindset, you'll go to Publix, you'll be shopping for toilet paper, and there'll be one container of paper left on the shelf, and you'll make your way towards it, but somebody else is getting there about the same time, and before you know it, you're in a tug of war over who's going to get to buy that toilet paper. Dear ones, let me tell you what a sound mind will do. A sound mind will say, 
here, my friend, you can have this. God is supplying all my needs. God is going to take care of me. And you might not know how God's going to do it, but I guarantee you, God loves faith. God will, 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 will pass over many people that are praying in unbelief to get to one person who's praying in faith believing. So dear ones, you've got resources available to you. You've got love and you've got power and you've got a sound disciplined mind. Hallelujah. You can have bounce back faith. Let me close. Let me close today. Earlier this week, it was Tuesday, Kathy and I have just been going through some things and dealing with some, some difficult situations, and I'm not at liberty to, to share that with you today, but one day I will tell you about it. But we're going through a difficult time, and you know, Gloria just sensed that, hey, they're, they're going through a difficult time. And so Mrs. Gloria Nahara, she sent me a, a, a text, and she said, Pastor, here's a, a new song. It's called The Blessing, and Carrie Job and her husband and some of the pastors from Elevation Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, they just wrote it in the last couple of weeks, and it was released about a week and a half ago. And, Pastor, I think this will help you. And it's based on Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, which says, The Lord bless you and keep you. Would you receive that this morning? I speak blessings to you. I speak the keeping power of the Holy Spirit to you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.